Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Monday, August 15th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here and back from the weekend, one of our final weekends here before we hit full swing of football, football Friday, then Shepard on Saturday, uh, one of our final relaxing weekends. Colin, what'd you do this weekend? Did just that. I relaxed. Nick, what did you do this weekend? Uh, went home on Saturday. Yeah, hung out with some friends. So that's good. Nice, nice. I went and uh, got went to the eye doctor. I had to give me some new contacts. Was running out of contacts. Then I went and hung out with the uh, future brother-in-law. Uh, and then uh, we hung out all as a family. Went to uh, the uh, the venue that my sister and her fiance are having their engagement party at Saturday. And then came home and. Uh, Relaxed all day yesterday. It was a great day of relaxation. Yeah, it was honestly. beautiful weather as well. Yeah, especially it was, yesterday. Did a lot of stuff outside. It was really, really it. good yesterday. Uh, but Friday afternoon, we were down at Martinsburg High School at the media day, and we were able to uh, get quite a few interviews. As uh, this one, this uh, show with them will be a little bit bigger, and uh, we'll hear from Coach Sherman in a moment. But. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot, a few new players, but Coach Sherman's overall message was: last year was last year. We got to go do it again this year. Yeah, and he also right after that said, by the looks of things on paper, which is what you have to look at during the preseason, it should be another great season for Martinsburg, and that's what everybody around the entire state expects when you're bringing back both of your quarterbacks, a lot of receivers as well. The only issue that uh, he really brought up was that you're losing three seniors on the uh, offensive and defensive lines, and now there's zero seniors on those lines this coming season for Martinsburg. But I still think they'll be fine up front. There's zero players? Zero seniors, I said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no seniors at all. Let's hear his full comments on that first part. Well, you know, it's a a whole different team, and, um, you know, we're – we celebrated last year, and, and, and that team was great and, and did a good job and, and, and finished strong and, and won it. And this team is completely different. This team is 0-0. Zero and zero. They've not done anything yet. So, you know, on paper, we've got a lot of guys coming back. But we also had some big losses, you know. And a lot of people want to talk about Hudson, of course, because he was a great player and scored eight touchdowns in that final game. But we also lost the ninth touchdown in that game with Jacob Barrick. So we don't have any touchdowns coming back from that state championship game. And um, we've got three linemen that we need to replace. All our interior guys on the O-line are, are really big losses for us. And um, so we've got a, we've got a, a lot of sh- big shoes to fill. And, and these guys, you know, on paper right now are, are looking pretty good. But they've got to prove it and uh, take one game at a time and really work hard to have a lot of team chemistry and, and play really well for and play really good football and the kind of the key to this episode of epac all access that you'll uh probably see midweek maybe thursday at the latest is uh 
we all know it's retooling retooling and reloading just trying to figure out move some guys into the little different spots and uh that just seems to be the uh the bulldog mentality is we've got a good squad we've got good freshmen and jv teams now we just got to move some people around and and see where they can go in those spots that need filled yeah and i think martinsburg you know should definitely repeat as state champs but like coach said you need to put the work in you need to do the stuff to uh earn that state championship it's not just going to come to you because you have the most talented team um but you look at some of the guys they have returning and there are some big standouts there i mean cam Shallis, i think uh at linebacker is going to have another great season he had a great off season we got a chance to speak with him i think uh murphy clement might be the best player in the state this year uh you mean in great year last year and was one of the best last year you know he didn't get to finish out the season due to that injury but uh only as a sophomore he was incredible so i think as a junior he, he should uh have a great year for them as well um you know ezra bajan i think can take some more steps forward i think he got better as the season went on and we saw uh even when murphy went down that he was able to handle the quarterback possession uh, as the main and only guy out there and uh, did a good job. So I think he'll take a step forward. I think receiver, obviously you don't have Hudson anymore, but I think they got a lot of good athletes out there. The only concern would be the offensive line, and I think the guys they have coming back uh, can be leaders for them up front and Fleming and uh forgetting his name now even though we talked to him ej hendrix EJ Hendricks. yeah so hendrix and fleming i think those guys can be leaders for them up front uh and they got some new guys as well that will play a big role so uh the talent is there for martinsburg to repeat it's just can they put the work in to do it um based on kind of the perception of the players that we spoke to it seems like they got some good leadership to be able to do that uh so it's just going to come down to I think execution and putting the work in. And we had a 13-minute conversation with Coach Sherman. We also followed with Ezra Bajant, Murphy Clement, uh, EJ Hendricks, and Cam Chalice. Those will all be on the EPAC All Access Martinsburg edition. Uh, but one thing we found out going there, which you know that was our first time at Bulldog football practice this year, uh, was – we really didn't know what the receiving core was going to look like as maybe a clear-cut number one. And one bit of information that we found out was, looking at the roster, they have a senior receiver that, and I was talking to Coach Sherman off camera because he came up to us, and uh, he said Jameer Hunter. And I was like, why do I know that name? Like, why did I know that name? Because he played for Spring Mills last year. He scored a touchdown on Martinsburg, at Martinsburg, when Spring Mills played there. And... He comes in as a transfer, moved over to, uh, from what we understand, moved over to the Stonebridge development, and uh, he's going to be on the team. And I think he could possibly be that clear-cut number one receiver they're looking for to replace Hudson. Yeah, he had a lot of talent on uh, Spring Mills last year, and unfortunately for Spring Mills, he's moved to uh, Martinsburg now, so that'll hurt them, but definitely help the Bulldogs this season. So we'll have to see what his chemistry's like Uh being a wide receiver for Ezra and Murphy. I'm looking forward to it. I think also Dom Brinkley, who I believe came in as well, if I remember. I can't remember exactly what Coach Sherman said. I have to go back and listen to it. Uh, but he's a senior as well at 6'2". I mean, to see 
and you've got Avion Blackwood coming back at receiver. Uh, you know, couple six one guys there, six one six two. I think that's going to help you some tall guys in the receiver position. And that's the point that uh, I think you were still talking with Coach Sherman, but that's the point that Nick and I heard uh, before we were leaving from uh, the Beast in uh, Travis Bajan. He walked by us and he said that this could possibly be the best Martinsburg team ever. And we jokingly said you said that last year, but the point that he brought up was that they have a lot of tall guys and really big guys as well on the team. So it should be a lot of fun seeing how this Martinsburg Bulldog team does. Yeah, I think wide receiver, I mean, you're not going to probably see a Hudson Clement type season, but I mean, you could uh, from any of those guys. Uh, but I just think height could be a big key. Yeah, they'll have yes. a, a definitely a, a physical wide receiver core, uh, which is good to see. It's going to help in the run game, going to help in the red zone, stuff like that. So I think they'll get a lot of production out of guys that you mentioned, and uh, I think Roman Pearson's another guy that should have a big year for them. So uh, the talent is still there for Martinsburg, really at every position. I don't think there's too many concerns. I think defensively they're going to be – really tough because uh, most of their starters return defensively besides some D-line question marks, but they still have Fleming and Hendricks who were big pass rushers for them on the edge, so really they just need to feel fill the interior. Uh, and supposedly they've already found their guys. You can't so. forget Chalice and then the new guy yeah, Chalice that's come in. I can't the, remember his name. Uh, last or I remember his last name. It's Reed. What's Reed's uh, first Rashad name? Rashad Reed. Rashad. Yeah. That's what I thought. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. And from each player – as well as uh, Coach Sherman, every single one of them that we talked to gave praise to Rashad Reed as soon as he stepped in. He's the strongest guy on that team, and he might be a big leader for that defensive side as well. Yeah, I think he's going to fill that nose tackle spot. So, you know, you'll have Reed, Hendricks, and Fleming there on the D-line. Uh, Fagan at outside linebacker. Of course, Cam Chalice, Avion Blackwood's back at corner, along with Murphy, Clement, and... Uh, some other players Pearson back at safety as well so I mean the def- defense is looking really tough I think it's going to be tough to score on that team and I, like I said during the show I think uh, that they could even have some points put up from the defense this year or a lot I, I mean they did last year as well but I think forcing more turnovers they're getting more comfortable in the scheme and stuff like that I'm expecting a big year out of the defense and, and I think one of the key points that uh, I, I believe you brought it up but uh, you know coach you'll hear coach Sherman when you watch EPAC all access he brought up was that uh, you know they had to fill three positions on the offensive line but they're all juniors and maybe I think maybe one sophomore in there so they'll all be back next year so having two years out of these defensive or these offensive linemen can be a very good thing because you'll have Murphy Clement coming back next year uh, with Ezra Bajan being a senior this year. So it's always good to have that, that offensive line depth and that knowing that you'll have the starters for more than one season. Yeah, I can't wait until uh, Friday, August 26th to see how this Martinsburg Bulldog team looks against Salem. Yeah, Salem, one of the top teams in the state of Virginia. And let's switch over to uh, the team we'll be covering tonight. We'll be over there at practice in Shenandoah Junction at the Jefferson Cougars practice, filming our EPAC All Access for the Cougars. And, uh, you know, they're coming off that 10-2 and season last year. The Kind of the big question mark on their team is quarterback. Sammy Roberts graduated, going to Shepard, going to believe redshirt this season behind uh, 
behind Tyson Bagent and learn some things, learn some more things, even though he's already a great quarterback. But I think that's kind of going to be the big question mark surrounding this Jefferson team. Yeah, and whoever that quarterback is, though, is going to have to love who he'll have around him. All the guys are coming back. Their top three wide receivers, including the uh, starting running back in Evan Tool. So whoever it is will be fine, I think. It'll just be interesting to see if he's able to help those guys out make the explosive plays that we know they can do. Yeah, and I think, obviously, when we head to camp today, we'll try to see if Coach Hunter has made a decision and see if he can let us know who that guy is going to be at quarterback or will they maybe still have two quarterbacks like Martinsburg does. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to find out today and see. Um, But, you know, without knowing the talent of whoever takes over, my expectation is that Jefferson will be more run heavy this year with having a senior running back in Evan Toole that was already a – yeah, he had over a thousand, guy. nearly a thousand one hundred yards, and had fourteen touchdowns. Yeah, so I mean, I would expect a big uh, load of the offense to be on him. So uh, you'll have obviously, you know, those veteran receivers. So there's a lot of talent around whoever takes over the quarterback spot. So uh, we'll see who that ends up being. And defensively, they got a lot coming back as well. So Jefferson still is a force to be reckoned with. I think in the EPAC this year, they might have a few less wins than last year but it really just depends on who this quarterback is and what his talent level is because we really don't know we haven't seen him play at the varsity level uh he could come in and and have an incredible season for all we know so so excited to see that today at practice kind of how that guy looks and uh who it is i believe they have what is it five guys vying for that spot two freshmen a sophomore a senior and a junior so uh, five guys competing for uh, QB1. Maybe you do a pull of Martinsburg and do a mix in there as well. Uh, just kind of depends on what kind of offense these guys want to run. I would venture to guess you don't, you probably don't see a, one of those two freshmen starting, but who knows? They could just be very, very good. That was the point good. that I was going to bring up. They might say five guys in the article just to, you know, keep it vague, but let's be realistic. It's probably only a two, maybe three guy race. Yeah. yeah. And you got to give the edge probably to the senior, but. You never know. I mean, best guy is going to yeah, start. Exactly. We haven't seen him yet. We'll know yeah. more t- tomorrow. But yeah, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be going out to Hedgesville, and uh, Hedgesville seems to be uh, roaring and ready to go for this season. And you know, we talked to uh, we talked earlier in the summer, and you know, kind of their senior said it's playoffs or bust. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Hedgesville is looking to take that next step. It's very similar to what we talked about with Washington. Uh, you know, four and six a year ago. So can they get, you know, over 500 and get back in the playoffs? And I think it will be another development year where they're around five, six wins uh, and see if they can take that next step into the playoffs. Um, They definitely have, you know, a good group coming back. They're a physical football team. And I think Coach Matt Faircloth uh, has – brought kind of 
a new uh, new feel, new feel. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. And you know, rejuvenated I'm, the program. A little then bit. on Wednesday, we'll be out at Spring Mills practice with head coach Josh Sims. Uh, they're building that program back up. And last year, they were very young, still kind of young here with Max Anderson. But he, he, you know, his his first start was against Martinsburg. You throw him in against a huge team like that. Uh, but I think they're definitely going to get better this year. And potentially, you know, they depending on how things shake out, they could fight for that third, fourth spot in the conference uh, at the end of the season. But I'm definitely looking forward to – so we've shot three EPAC All-Access episodes so far. One, you'll see tonight the Musselman-Appleman episode will premiere on YouTube, WRNR-TV on YouTube at 8 p.m. along with on Comcast Channel 10 if you're watching on Comcast Channel 10, the show right now. It'll premiere at 8 p.m. Great stuff on the mic'd up segment from coach thomas uh, a lot of it some of that mic'd up was uh, our rookie mistakes on trying to figure out how we were going to film this uh didn't get to catch everything because of the where the transmitter was from the lav mic uh but heard some great stuff from him went back and watched it then when we went out to washington patriots camp heard a lot of great stuff from glenn simpson excited for that one to come out and then on friday heard a lot of great stuff from coach sherman and uh excited for these next three mic'd up segments see what we can get uh, i don't know why but i'm a lot more excited for coach faircloth i just feel like he's got like I just want to hear him coach a practice. Yeah, he's a very intense guy. They all are, so it should be a, a lot of fun to see the next three. And I think we're all three of us in this room right now leaning towards uh, most likely doing a entire EPAC all-access of just the mic up segments, possibly. Yeah, I mean, Give we've some got... more from what we already have edited out, put those in, I mean, and just go from there, because... We had, like, 20 it, minutes. some fun stuff. We had, like, 20 minutes of content. Uh, the first one with uh, Coach Thomas was a little bit less, because they had to go in due to, you know, lightning in the area. But we got a good segment out of it. We cut a few, we cut, I think, two and a half, three minutes out of it, potentially. Uh, but then the one with Coach Simpson, we had to cut a lot out, because we shot 20 minutes... And mm-hmm. uh, I think you even cut it down like what? I think it was. I think I got it down to six or seven minutes somewhere but it around was, there. Originally, we cut it down to like eight minutes. Yeah, I had so, it and had to take a few of the uh, just action parts out of the plays where it was mostly just silence other than the natural sound of the guys out there and then the whistle. So tried to just get it down to and uh, then, Coach Simpson actually, you know talking to players yeah. and giving them points and just, some of the we, stuff is we, pretty we, funny coach simpson's a very funny guy he so. is a really funny guy i mean i think we're going to put together an epac all access mic'd up edition everything that didn't make the cut time wise for these shows uh because we were on a pretty tight timeline to get these shows uh timed out to around 30 35 minutes for the first two shows uh but that will do it for this first segment of the sports mix again muscleman appleman EPAC All Access tonight, 8 p.m. on WRNR TV on YouTube, as well as Comcast Channel 10, TV 10. Uh, the segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk NFL football, preseason action over the weekend for the Commanders and the Steelers. That next, after this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
Welcome back to this August 15th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Spoonick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin hanging out with you today as we uh, get into our NFL segment here. Uh, the Commanders fall just short on Saturday in their first preseason game, but uh, all in all, I think it was a lot of stuff that you'd like to see out of your first preseason game. Still a lot to work on. Uh, I liked that Ron Rivera kept in most of the first team offense until the you know that third drive through the start of the second quarter, and they ended their that drive with a touchdown, albeit not the starting running back that everybody thought would score the touchdown. Uh, but <laughs> I don't Did know. Did anybody what that else was. hear that? Was I, that just yeah, me? I heard that. Okay, I thought I'll, I'll at first it. I thought it was your foot or something. Um, that you accidentally kicked something. But yeah, not the running back like that you thought would score that touchdown. Uh, but all in all, I like that they ended their start. The starters ended on a good note and a touchdown. Shouldn't see them again in the rest of the preseason. Uh, all the other starters wise, I think you put Robinson back in. But uh, Robinson looks good. He looks good. I think, and you know, Antonio Gibson could be uh, bye bye. Yeah, I mean, he had that one fumble, which is not good to see because that's kind of the trend that started late in last season, which. Not, everybody's hoping he does well. He, he seemed to be promising up until probably a point last season for Washington. But when you got guys like uh, Patterson, Robinson now, and J.D. McKissick, if Antonio Gibson continues to struggle, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got, I, I don't think cut, maybe less playing time and possibly a trade value type deal because he's still a guy that could start or maybe get those second reps. He has the talent. He just needs to find better ball security, it seems like, lately. And then the other, I guess, struggle that I wanted to point out in that game was, especially at the start, I was not happy with the third down defense. I'm not happy with the third down offense either. That's true, too. It always seems like third down is a struggle on both sides of the ball, so they got to be able to figure that out especially against a team i mean yeah it was a week one preseason game but you should be able to do better on those third and medium or third and long obviously they were fine because it's like third and 14 you're expected to get that but i want to be able to see when it's third and four third and five those situations to get off the field and especially in that first drive i think there were three of them out of the four that ended up in the favor of Carolina, it ended in a field goal, not a touchdown, so that was a good thing. But other than that, that was still a long drive that Washington, I myself, was not happy with. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of things come out of the first preseason game, uh, but Carson Wentz finished that line of 10 for 13 for 74 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but no picks. Uh, 10 for 13, pretty good headset. Had a, you know, a little longer ball to Terry McLaurin that uh, if he would have placed maybe a little bit in a different spot, he would have caught it, and then you'd be 11 for 13. Uh, but I think overall what you saw from him, minus that those couple third downs, I think you know you saw him taking the plays that were there. He wasn't really forcing a lot, and I think that's what you want to see in a quarterback who's trying to resurge his career and make a resurgence. Uh, Taylor Heineke came in, didn't look great, but didn't look horrible. He was 4-for-9 for 21 yards, threw a bad pick, uh, but 
you know, I think the story of the day was Sam Howell, 9 for 16, 145 yards passing through the air on the ground, three rushes, 19 yards, and two touchdowns. I think that, you know, facing, you know, a third, fourth team in the second half, uh, you know, not a lot to go on, but for a rookie that uh, they, you know, they picked in what, the fifth round, I think? Yeah. 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 Fifth round quarterback. I think you could possibly polish him into be a good backup. Maybe, Maybe even a starter start. down the line. Well, I think Sam Howell, I mean, heading into this season last year, was a top 10 pick. Yeah. He ended yeah. up having a bad year. North Carolina had lost a lot around him. Uh, but the talent is certainly there for Hal to be uh, a decent player in this league, if not more. Um, now, this year, he's probably not going to see the field with Wentz being the established veteran quarterback and Taylor Heineke probably being the backup. But for preseason, I think it, it might be a good idea to let Sam Howell run with the second unit next game. Well, uh, I mean, I, I think that's what it's going to happen because I don't think you see Carson Wentz the rest of the, the preseason. You might see him again. Maybe one series. Maybe series. one drive, yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think, yeah, it would make sense to run a little bit of Howell at the second unit, see if maybe he's even better than Heineke. And then maybe you could deal Heineke for a team looking for a quarterback if there's an injury or something like that. I don't know. I've heard comparisons, so I think... They got Flacco. I think Sam Howell has the potential to have the scramble ability that Taylor Heineke has, but has the arm of a guy like Carson Wentz that can throw the ball deep. Because Taylor Heineke can't throw the ball deep. That's just... He's a shorter guy. He's, what, 5'8", 5'9", I think. think He's 5'9". Yeah. He's like six foot. And I just think that that's his one really main deficiency as a quarterback is Heineke just can't throw deep. Uh, But looking at the overall stats in this game, 350 total yards for the Commanders compared to 288 for the Panthers, 229 passing compared to 195. The Commanders lead in that category as well as rushing yards, 121 to 93. Obviously a big part of that. Uh, Sam Howell there in those 19 yards. Averaging 5.3 yards a play. They had 23 first downs, 8 of 14 on third down. That was a lot of the first team. Those two out of the, you know, two out of the 14 were that. Uh, Two for two on fourth down, 66 total plays, only allowed two sacks, uh, six penalties over 45 yards. Not great. The fumble loss there by uh, Gibson, and then that pick thrown by. by Heineke, but time of possession thirty one twelve. You know this is a pretty good preseason game when you look at it all in all. I mean, obviously the third down on offense and defense is concerning, but I think overall you saw an improved product from last year, especially the comeback ability uh, for a rookie. By the way, just looked at the uh, team roster. Both Heineke and Howell are listed as six foot one. There is no way Heineke is six. I want to see those guys lined up next to each other to see if there is a difference or not. But I did like how I was going to bring up the same point that you brought up, Spencer. It seemed like scrambling-wise it was kind of the uh, same as what we've seen from Heineke. And not only that, but the same decision-making. Scramble or just try to extend the play. It seemed like he, as a rookie in week one of preseason, was doing a pretty good job at that decision making and he had the great pump fake which i believe led to his first touchdown run of those two so hopefully he continues to grow and hopefully washington doesn't mess that up i was disappointed that john dotson was out there for all of wentz's snaps and didn't get a target that's true yeah what's up with that 
I don't know. I was he was a big there. target in preseason or in uh, camp so far. Wentz really game. liked the other rookie. He likes his tight ends. You got to remember that from Philly. Throw the Jahan. Yeah, Logan Thomas still on a long road to recovery, though. Uh, he didn't play. Uh, you really saw the the guys fighting for that final uh, tight end spot playing. Uh, you know, you look at uh, I don't even know who all the Armani Rogers, Curtis Hodges. Uh, I think Alex Erickson, potentially. No, Erickson's a receiver. Or, no, he is a receiver. He played for the Bengals. Uh, but, you know, I like that they got Curtis Samuel involved, two catches for 14 yards. Uh, I think he'll play a little bit more maybe in the preseason. I don't know. We'll have to see how he is coming off that injury because he's got he's got a, you know his practice plan that he doesn't want to tell anybody. Uh, DeJon Neal. DeJuan Neal? Is it DeJuan Neal or DeJon Neal? I don't know. Shepard alum. Oh. Uh, the guy that signed, remember we he talked about him signing? Dijon Neal, uh, he had two total tackles in the game at corner. Uh, like to see him maybe make the practice squad. Uh, but I think the defensive line, there were spots that looked good. Uh, I still have questions, really, about, uh, now I'm blanking on his name, Jamin Davis. He seems like he's still missing some some assignments at that linebacker spot, the yeah. guy they drafted in the first round last year. Uh, but Montez Sweat looked pretty good. Shaka Tony looked good. Uh, you know, obviously James Smith Williams, who probably most likely get that starting spot while Chase Young is out, looked good on the line. I don't think the line is a big concern. I think it's the linebacker core and the secondary. Excuse me, the secondary. Excuse me, looked actually pretty good. They had some great stops, especially one deep down the field near the end zone. It was the Panthers. Yeah, Panthers don't look like anybody without. Uh, uh, what's his name? Baker? Running back. Oh, Christian, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. I think uh, Baker Mayfield is definitely in the lead for that that starting Darnold spot. Darnold threw there. a TD. He that did. was a dime, too. To Rashard Higgins. Yeah. But uh, overall, I think the commanders looked pretty good. Uh, you know, they they only they fell 23-21. But the comeback from how to go up 21-20 with, uh, what, under, I think it was under a minute and a half left. Yeah, uh, just the dumb penalties at yeah. the end was the difference in – I mean, what else can you expect from third and fourth string guys? Yeah. They'll be back in action Saturday at the Chiefs 4 p.m. game. We'll have the game for you on Talk Radio WRNR as we've got the contract finalized with the Commanders. Uh, but one thing that happened right before the game, or a little bit before the game, was uh, Jason Wright spoke to the media in a roundtable conversation. I guess this kind of all splurged from uh, that tweet that we talked about on Friday where he defended his quarterback. And I guess, like, I was listening to a lot of media stuff, and this is kind of the first time we've seen, besides off-season mode, where we've seen... What was that? <laughs> what was that? that? was Where we've heard from the team president that's not been in the off-season not announcing something. And I think that's just the visibility of him is going to be good for this franchise now coming in two years after he's he was hired i mean they said you know everything looks to be going in the right direction when it comes to ticket sales you won't see that when the team's not good necessarily but i think overall this organization is in a better spot than it was yeah and he doesn't now have to worry about the rebranding because it's already here so now he can focus on other things yeah and uh let's move on to the steelers Pittsburgh Steelers got the win. I was wrong in my uh, sports report this morning. I will be the first to admit it. I, uh, for some reason, 
had them losing 32-35, uh, but they did, in fact, win 32-25. to um, Kenny Pickett really impressed, although against, you know, the second and third teams, 13-15, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Mitch Trubisky, four for seven, 63 yards, one touchdown. Mason Rudolph, nine for 15, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but uh, I really think uh, this will be an interesting competition. I think it's going to be Trubisky's job. To start. And I, I would think very similar to Washington. We probably see uh, Pickett out there with the second team next game. Probably Mason Rudolph get the start and Trubisky probably just not play because I think he looked pretty good. He obviously had the touchdown early on. And then Mike Tomlin had that like grin on his face. I don't know if you guys saw that. But it was like a weird grin. Yeah. Like he had like solved I the saw a meme of that Trubisky. online. And I was like, what, what was up with that face? It's almost like that Aaron Rodgers grin he had when we all thought he was getting Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. It was like that look, and it's like, okay, maybe maybe the Steelers have something here, Mitch. And, and Pickett did play well, uh, so I think that's a positive, even though it was against you know the, the third, fourth string uh, players. It, it's still uh, good to see for his confidence. Week two and week three, he'll probably have a bigger role against more starters yeah. than second string. So uh, we'll really get a better look at them. But I think there's a lot to be somewhat optimistic about if you're a Steeler fan because your starting quarterback played well, got a touchdown in there, and then got out. And your rookie that you have high hopes for uh, looked really good. So and the other side of this ball game uh, was the Seahawks quarterback competition – uh, one Geno Smith from WVU uh, went 10 of 15, 101 yards. Drew Locke went 11 of 15, 102 yards, but two touchdowns. And I think you have to give the edge right now to Drew Locke in this uh, quarterback, car- not carousel, quarterback competition, excuse me, uh, throwing those two touchdowns. But, I mean, they're almost identical numbers. Yeah, it was uh, fun getting to see that, but I was going to go back to the uh, Steelers since that's the more – yeah. Uh, region side that we focus on and we keep leaving out George Pickens in our conversations guy that's competing for that wide receiver number two spot maybe eventually the wide receiver number one spot if Claypool isn't a top receiver like he says I mean he had a great game against uh, the Seahawks getting the three catches a touchdown for 43 yards in total so a guy that just got drafted as a rookie as well for them is already he doing blew some up some guy good too. things yeah I mean he's a great player that they found and it always seems like the Steelers are able to do that whenever they draft guys so I think that even though they're in a tough division as well there's still some positive upside for Pittsburgh There definitely is some positive upside for Pittsburgh, and that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding out and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, the AP Top 25 just came out for college football. We'll break that down after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. These days we've died. The reigning Class AAA state champion Martinsburg Bulldogs are ready to run it back. Snap back, placement down. Kick is blocked. It's blocked and it's taken right out of the air. Racing down the near side is Cam Shallis with blockers. He's to the 40, to the Jefferson 30 and 20. He's to the 10 and Shallis is going to return it all the way. 
The Bulldogs open the 2022 season at home Friday, August 26th against Salem out of Virginia. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. only on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. AP Top 25 poll dropped uh, literally, I believe, what, like 15, 20 minutes ago uh, in the middle of the show. Uh, I knew it was supposed to drop the 15th. I didn't realize it was dropping now. I thought it dropped tonight or something. I think they usually do it around noon. But uh, Alabama, obviously, number one. Ohio State, number two, Georgia, number three, Clemson, number four, Notre Dame, five, Texas A&M, six, Utah at seven, Michigan at eight, Oklahoma at nine, Baylor at 10, uh, NC State in there at 13, Oklahoma State at 12, USC at 14, Michigan State at 15, Miami, Florida at 16, 17, Pitt, who uh, WVU will be playing here, uh, what, in about 15 or 16 days, right, Colin? Yep. Uh, Wisconsin at 18, Arkansas 19, Kentucky 20, Ole Miss 21, Cincinnati there at 23, Houston at 24, BYU at 25. Uh, WVU did not receive any votes, uh, but uh, kind of seems similar to that uh, coaches poll that we saw. I was about to say that other than the one big fact that we were surprised about was Texas being in the coaches poll. No Texas in the AP poll. Do they even receive votes? Yeah, they were, they received 164, so they would be 25 or 20, excuse me, 27. I wouldn't say that we were surprised necessarily that Texas was in the poll, more so that we were surprised they received a first place vote. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to compare here, see if there's anything that really stands out to you. A little bit different order. I mean, BYU goes in there, and they weren't in the coaches' poll, but. I mean, it's a preseason poll. I think that top four is probably going to be the top four when uh, we end the year. Yeah. So what's the point? That's I was about to say, football. it looks like up until the top <laughs> 15, it's exactly the same. Wow. And then right. 16 and 17 flipped between Miami and Pitt. And so it'll be, according to the AP, is that where they go off of for the first, for, until the college football playoff poll comes out as they go off yes. the AP poll? So it'll be a matchup of the top 17th or the 17th ranked team for WVU coming up on Thursday, um, September 1st for the Backyard Brawl. Colin, uh, this team got 13 first, pl- or no, previous rank. They came in 13 to end the season, I believe, right? Is that how they ended they do the previous rank is 13, so I believe that was the end of the season poll. So they've dropped four Pitt has since uh, the end of the last season. It's going to be yeah, a tough it's going to be a very tough contest for West Virginia, but I think they'll be ready to go. It's a rivalry game, so you, even though it's been a while, rankings don't matter in rivalry games typically. So hopefully these guys are geared up, ready to go on September 1st to be able to beat Pitt at Akershire Stadium. Is that still weird saying that? I'm saying it on purpose just to make Pitt fans mad. Yeah, it's the name of their stadium. So exactly, yeah. got to be correct. Got to be I correct. Don't know if you can really make them mad by that? Well, there's so many fans that are like, it's still Heinz to me, and want to get it back. I mean, Heinz isn't even in Pittsburgh anymore. So it's not. Is that why? 
No. I mean, I mean money Acu was sure isn't in Pittsburgh at all. That's true. That's true. You're right. It's not even in Pennsylvania, is it? No, it's in Michigan. So, uh, speaking of West Virginia, former quarterback Jared Daggy lost the was competing for a starting job at Western Kentucky, WKU. He obviously didn't get that job, and guess what, Nick? He's, he's back in the portal. I did see that. <laughs> Poor guy. How many times has he transferred now? He'll three. That was be that Bowling third? Green to WVU, WVU to WKU? I don't know anything before Bowling Green, so he could have, I guess, maybe transferred to there, but a lot. That's uh, interesting news here, as we're a few weeks away from the start of the college football season, and he is back in the portal as of this morning. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Camp Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, we became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. The Nationals and the O's over the weekend. Uh, the O's almost got uh, perfected, but uh, they didn't. Uh, the Nats... They win one on Saturday, but fall two games to the Padres and Juan Soto and Josh Bell's return. Uh, but an injury happens, so uh, somebody big is getting called up. We'll talk about that next when we wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix after this two-minute break. An incredible run to the national semifinals. The Shepherd University football team is back in action for another thrilling season on TV 10. Five seconds, throws, and so got Tarek! He got a foot in! Wow! Touchdown, Shepherd! Join us on Thursday, September 1st at 5.30 as the Rams kick off their season in New Haven, Connecticut against Southern Connecticut State. Right here on Comcast Channel 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for August 15, 2022. Brought to you by the Marist Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices Right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Pui, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin hanging out with you today. For the next five or so minutes, we'll get into baseball talk. The Nationals uh, fell two out of three to the Padres. They lost a key player right now for them, Luis Garcia, to a groin injury, the shortstop. But, 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 they uh, will call up today. I don't know if it's been official yet or not, but uh, they're calling up top prospect C.J. Abrams, who's one of the main returns in the Juan Soto deal. The 21-year-old shortstop debuted with the Padres this season, but uh, Luis Garcia will head to the injured list in eight games with AAA Rochester since the trade. Uh, Abrams is hitting 290 with two RBIs in 35 plate appearances. Overall, he's hitting 314 with seven homers, 28 RBIs in AAA this season. Uh, the Nats will see their kind of their first, the first return of this trade tonight, most likely. Yeah, and this is a player that, in Abrams, that was one of the top prospects in all of baseball not too long ago. I know he came up with the Padres and was up and down in terms of uh, production. Um, definitely, though, I think a player with a ton of potential to be a leadoff hitter for the Nationals. Uh, good speed good defensive uh, capabilities. So a guy you would want in, in that trade and not necessarily the centerpiece of the guys that returned because of his MLB success not quite yet being there. 
uh, but a guy I still think has a lot of potential to be pretty good for you. So uh, hopefully maybe this fresh start, more opportunities in Washington uh, can have him kind of start the success of his career. Yeah, we've uh, we've seen the immediate return with Luke Voigt, who came over as the the player to replace Josh Bell, really, in the MLB uh, lineup in the MLB roster. He's hit a couple home runs, uh, but uh, really, you know... Luke Voigt's not going to be there long term. That's what I'm saying. Not the long term. He's the, let's, we need an MLB player to get this trade done if we're going to trade you Josh Bell. And Luke Voigt was the guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, Abrams being the first guy we'll really see. Mackenzie uh, Gore is rehabbing, could potentially see him in the next few weeks to the next month. Robert Hassell the third is making leaps and bounds down in the minors. Josh Wood is, uh, from what I understand, doing pretty good so far. The kind of the sleeper of this trade is right-handed pitcher Jarlin Susanna, who uh, is down at the Florida Gulf Coast League. I believe we mentioned this last week. He's, uh, I think, he averages one hundred one on his pitches so far that's on what his you fastballs. Like to see. Yeah, Hard so throwers. Uh, that's what the uh, MLB is moving towards now. So it'll be interesting to see, but tonight you'll see the first uh, prospect return coming to the majors for the Nats in that Juan Soto deal. Uh, but now over to the Orioles. Are you guys scared? They're, they've lost now three out of their last four ball games, and they almost or succumbed to a perfect game last night, but uh, able to get a double and then come around to score on a wild pitch. Uh, as they didn't get shut out yesterday, they fell four to one, uh, but they only they got a what was it a ten to three victory Friday. They fell eight to two, and then four to one, and then losing to the Red Sox with that random game on Thursday. I'm not scared because I don't think I had that high of expectations for this season. So the fact that they're even in the playoff race with 48 games to go, or whatever it is, I mean that's exciting. Uh, you know, my goal for the Ra- Orioles, I'm sorry, the Ravens, uh, the Orioles this season was to win 70 games. They're probably going to do that. So. Uh, I think it's just hopefully they can come back, but if not, it's not the end of the world. I mean, they had a, a good building year. Yeah, this has been a great year no matter what. If you're an Oriole fan, it's going to be tough if they want to make the playoffs. rest of this month is against teams other than the one random game against the Cubs that are in playoff contention. So if you want to get a wild card spot, you're going to have to earn it if you're Baltimore. They got to see a guy get called up from the minors in D.L. Hall for a game. He didn't do that great on Saturday, so he got sent back down, but still promising He'll now look transition for to the bullpen, I believe. Yeah. That's what I saw yesterday. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Picks. Remember, Musselman... Appleman EPAC All Access tonight on TV 10, 8 p.m. WRNR TV on YouTube as well. We'll be out at Jefferson practice today. We'll get you those the rest of those this week. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.